Welcome to First Baptist Church in Belton. We are glad you found us. We seek to know Jesus intimately, serve Jesus passionately, and share Jesus globally together. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. The main text for today is John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, though it's going to be a while before we make it there. But you can go ahead and turn your Bible there to John 14, verses 1 through 6. Uh, we This is the last sermon in our series called Not Ashamed. This is the fifth sermon in that series. Week one of Not Ashamed, we preached about how the gospel is for everyone, the gospel for all, whether we are in Christ or not in Christ, whether we are followers of Jesus or not, the gospel is for all of us because we all need God's, we all need, need God's grace every day. And within that sermon, we talked about shame and how as believers, we hope and pray that we will never regret the decision we made to follow Jesus or never be ashamed to be associated with the gospel. The second week, we talked about not ashamed, who's your one? And we talked about how when when we hear sermons about the gospel and sharing the gospel, that God tends to put a name or a face in our hearts and in our minds about someone who needs to hear the gospel. And we identified that person as our one. And we talked about how we should not be ashamed of sharing God's activity in our own lives with that person, that we should not be ashamed to share scripture with that person, scripture that might be of encouragement or of truth telling with our one. In week number three, we talked about not ashamed, what's your story? And we used the story of Zacchaeus in the Bible to demonstrate how everyone who is a believer has three parts to their story. They have the part of their story of what they were like before they met Jesus. Then they have the part of their story of how they met Jesus. And then the last part was now that they know Jesus, how are they different? Last week we talked about not ashamed, what's God's story? And we recognized if the gospel ends with our stories only, the gospel's incomplete because the gospel is ultimately about God and God's story. And we talked about five movements in God's story found in the Bible. We talked about creation. We talked about the rebellion. We talked about how God had a plan and a promise to fix that rebellion. We talked about how God had fulfillment in the fourth movement and that he himself was the fulfillment of his plan and his promise and that there is a future and that the church currently preaches about that future and one day in heaven, God will have restored all things. This week, today, we talk about not ashamed, the gospel for one. The gospel for one. Today I encourage you to quiet the noise in your heart and in your mind. Because today it's you and God. Today the gospel is not for the world. It's not for the masses. It's not for your one. It's not for anyone else but you. For you alone. Not ashamed, the gospel for one. There's a lot of different types of people in this room today or watching online. There's those who are in Christ, devoted followers, your sincere believer, a child of God. And this morning and in this sermon, you know what to do, and I urge you to do so. 
There's others in this room. The rest in this room are not followers of Jesus. There are those who have not yet bowed the knee to him. There's different types of people who do not follow Jesus. There's the the arrogant. Perhaps we have the arrogant in this room. You've decided somewhere along the line that you would just take your chances. You feel like you've done pretty good. You feel like your life's all right. You haven't made too many bad choices in life. You're living the American dream. You feel good about yourself, especially compared to the next guy. And you think you're all right. There's also in this room the seeker, perhaps. You've sought truth in a lot of different places. You've come to the conclusion that pretty much all religions are the same. You may say you follow Jesus, but in your heart you say, well, as long as anyone is following faithfully their their faith, they're going to be all right in the end. And you just perhaps want to know what's true for you. And it's okay if something else is true for someone else, because in the end, after all, God is love. He can't reject us all. He wouldn't do that. In this room, perhaps there is the ashamed. You have made a lot of bad choices in your life. And you have told yourself you're not worthy. You've hurt too many people in your life. You've left a trail of destruction where you go. And you're ashamed of it. But that's as far as you can get because you're frozen by your shame. A fourth group of people in this room that don't know Jesus may be the lost church member. You have come to church for a long, long time. Everybody around you expects or believes that you're a Christian. You may have even been baptized at some point, but you knew at that point, even for that, it was just for show or to get in the club. Perhaps you see coming to church as more of a business deal because you can make good contacts here. You've come to church, but you know every Sunday you're not affected by the music. That choir special, you stood because everyone else stood, but there was nothing in your heart. It was not for you. The lost church member. I want to speak to all four groups of people. Some truth. In Deuteronomy 32, 35, the scripture says, God says this, It is mine to avenge. I will repay in due time. Their foot will slip. Their day of disaster is near and their doom rushes upon them. If you're not in Christ, if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you do not know Him, if you've never submitted your life to Him, this verse applies to you. I'm going to read it again. It is mine to avenge. I will repay. In due time, their foot will slip. Their day of disaster is near and their doom rushes upon them. 
Your life's end is at hand. Just as the one who walks across the slippery ice. You never know when you will fall. You cannot know when you will fall. At one moment, you're standing upright. And the next moment, you lay flat on your back. Has that ever happened to you, walking across the slippery ice? You didn't know how you fell. You just knew one moment you were up, and the next moment you were down. Your life will end in the same manner, without warning. The only reason you have not yet fallen is the whim, the will, and the desire of God. God is holding you upright right now in the slippery places. And He will do so as long as He sees fit. Your life will end neither a moment shorter nor a moment longer than He intends for it to last. I would not like to be the man or the woman who enters these doors in arrogance or sits in these seats at ease and thinks to himself or herself, God must be proud to have me. And that this church is lucky for you to be here. How angry is God at the wolf that preys among his sheep? You sir, you ma'am, are walking on a slippery surface, only being held up by the thread of God's mercy. And it is time to recognize your depravity, your ugliness, your sinfulness, the grossness of your existence. You are only being held up by God's hand itself. At any moment, and God with every right could let you go and you would fall on the weight of your own sins, your lies, your cover-ups, your doctored books, and your secret affairs. You imagine, however, somehow your life to be in order. After all, you, you come to church when you're in town, you do a few good deeds, and you make sure everyone knows about it. How could God reject this guy? Some might think. You even drop a hundred dollar bill in the offering every so often. You flatter yourself in what you've done and in what you intend to do. You've imagined yourself in conversation with Jesus at the gates of heaven. And you've schemed your way into his good favor by convincing him of your worthiness with all the good you've done. If you were standing with Jesus, at the gates of heaven. And he said, I'm sorry, I I can't let you in. What is your response? Every person in here right now, think of that. If you are standing at the gates of heaven and Jesus is there and he says to you, I'm sorry, I can't let you in. What is your response? What is it? If your response is, God, how can this, how can this be? I mean... Come on, I've, I've done so much for you. I, I gave up my life for you. I went on mission trips. I, I did this. I, I did that. Matthew 7, 21 
says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So whatever you have imagined about your own seeking of God, pleasing of God, no matter what you have sacrificed in order to fool him or others or attempt to win his favor, no matter what prayer you prayed, no matter if you were dunked in the creek, the lake, the water park, or the baptistry, unless you believe in Jesus and have repented of yourself until you come to the end of yourself and put it all in the hands of Jesus, God is under no obligation to keep you for a moment longer from eternal destruction. In these verses, it talks about not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And these people, they exclaim all the good things they did. And Jesus says, I never knew you. If your response was to Jesus... When he said, I can't let you in. If, if he said, but Jesus, I, I know you. And you know me. And Jesus would say, then you're right. I do. Come in. However, if the nature of your response was, God, everything I did for you. Perhaps it's time to examine your heart. I've spoken pretty harshly today. Some of these words have been directed at the lost church member, but I think they hold true for the, the arrogant and the seeker and the ashamed as well. God is not obligated to keep us alive for a single second longer. But whether we are the arrogant or the seeker or the ashamed or the lost church members, there is good news. The good news is that God stands ready to receive his children. Every breath that you take is another moment of mercy from God for you to give your life to him, to repent and believe in Jesus. Today is a day of mercy. And though the dark clouds of God's wrath loom not far away, though you walk on the slippery path, teetering above the abyss of despair, God stands ready to lift you away from that abyss. This could be a day when God's glory shines on you and through you. You can know that you have eternal life. In 1 John 5.13, John says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. The Bible tells us the source of this life. In John 10.28, the Bible shares with us when Jesus says, I give them eternal life. These verses go on to tell us that eternal life is unbreakable. If by saying this, it says, and they will never perish and no one can snatch them out of my hand. You can know that you have eternal life and you know this life comes from Jesus and you know this eternal life cannot be taken from you. 
John 14, 1 through 6 says this. Finally, our verses for today. John 14, verses 1 through 6. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, if it were not so. What I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, do we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. In these verses, we see lots of things. We see these the idea of beginning in verse 1, to let not your heart be troubled. If your heart is troubled today, Jesus says it doesn't have to be. If you know right now that you are not in Christ, Jesus says it doesn't have to be that way. There could be no shame. There could be no worry. There can be no fear for those who follow Jesus. The text goes on to say, believe in God, believe also in me. And in this context, Jesus is basically saying, I am God. I am God. Believe it. And if you were to read the rest of chapter 14, you would see how Jesus fleshes this out a little bit, that he is in the father and the father is in him. And they are one. In verses 2 through 3, we see a glimpse into Jesus' intention for those who follow him. They will be with him for eternity. And the great news is there is plenty of room. Jesus has made sure of that. Jesus has made sure that there is a place for you. In verse 4, Jesus baits his disciples. He says, you know the way. And then Thomas speaks up with a question of the day. Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? What a great question. How can we know the way? And Jesus has a great answer. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except me. Today the gospel is for one. It's for you. If you're the arrogant in this room, if you decide you're just going to take your chances, you will lose every time. But Jesus says he is the way for you. You're not the way. Jesus says, I am the way. If you're the seeker in this room, let the truth of God speak directly to your heart because there is only one truth and it's Jesus. Jesus is the truth. If you are the ashamed in this room, you no longer have to live in shame because true life is in Jesus. And if you know him, he can remove your shame and he will do so. And if you're the lost church member, do not let your pride or fear of embarrassment keep you from God any longer. 
because no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. It will not be your good deeds, even if they're associated with the church. Whether you are the shamed or the arrogant or the seeker or the lost church member, it doesn't matter. All those who follow Jesus in this room are no different than you. Everybody in here has been where you are. So how do you cross the line of faith? It's not a hard conversation with Jesus. You're simply talking to him. If you're somebody in this room that wants to know Jesus, you want to come to faith in him today, you want to make it final, knowing that today is the day of salvation, today is going to be your day of salvation, express to Jesus your grief over your sin. Express to him your desire to change. Give an admission to him that he is the only change. Give him an expression of repentance, turning from the the sin that has enveloped you and turning to Jesus, who is the way and the truth and the life. Agree with Jesus that he is who he says he is, that he is God, that he came to earth, that he lived a perfect life, that he died for your sins, that he came back to life. It's a giving every bit of who you are to every bit of who he is. And all of this is an expression of faith in his grace. So if that's you today, if you're not a believer, if you find yourself arrogant, if you found yourself ashamed, if you found yourself seeking, if you realize you've been in this church for a long time, but you don't know Jesus, we can take care of that today. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And all you have to do is is follow me in this prayer and in your heart. And if you agree with me, pray these things with Jesus right now. Let's all pray together. Dear Jesus, dear Jesus, I'm so sorry that I'm a sinner. I'm so sorry that I've disappointed you. I'm so sorry that I've chosen my own way, that I've hurt so many people, that I've hurt my family and my friends and myself, but most importantly, that I've sinned against you. Please forgive me, Jesus. Please forgive me. I need your grace in my life. I want to change. Today, Jesus, I'm turning away from my sin and I'm turning to you. I believe you lived a perfect life. I believe you died in in my place. I believe that you came back to life. And God, I understand that you can give me the same life, eternal life. So God, today I give myself to you. I give my broken life to you and I accept you as my Lord and the one who saves me from death. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, the sermon title is Not Ashamed, the Gospel for One. If you pray to receive Jesus today, it's important to let someone know. Right now, Satan is telling a couple of different lies You may have just prayed to receive Christ, but Satan is telling you to wait. Don't tell anybody. Not now. Just wait. Maybe next time. That is a lie from Satan right now, trying to keep you from professing your faith. 
Another lie that Satan will tell people is that those in your life that you're closest to will be saddened that you've been lying to them all this time. That if you admit that you weren't a Christian, that somehow people would be ashamed of you. And that is a lie of Satan. If you just came to faith in Jesus, it's important to let someone know. Everybody should have received a card, a little card when you came in the room today. In fact, raise your hand if you did not receive a little card that had the words not ashamed on it. And there's a couple of people in here who will make sure that you have them. It, it looks uh, like there's a, a couple in here that did not receive one of those cards. And so just keep your hand up and, and someone will bring this card to you. It looks like this. Keep your hand up high so somebody can see you. It has not ashamed on one side. And on the other side, it has a place for your name, it has a place for your email, and it has a place for your phone number. Let me encourage you to fill this out now. There are pens in the pews, or you have your own pen. Everybody in this room should fill this card out. Whether you've been a Christian for 55 years and a church member for 45, fill this card out. There's some choices on this card. The first choice says, I prayed today to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If that's you today, mark that box. I prayed today to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Hallelujah if you did that today. The Bible tells us that you, when you made that decision, that the angels in heaven are rejoicing over your choice. Amen. The second box says, I'm not a Christian But I want to keep learning about Jesus and Christianity. If that's you in this room, check that box. And that's okay. Check that box. The third box says, I'm already a Christian, but I've never been baptized. And I want more information. If that's you, check that box and let us know. We'd like to talk to you about that. The fourth box says, I am already a Christian and I have been baptized. I suspect most in this room will check that box. And just by chance, if you don't feel comfortable answering these questions, I'm giving you the freedom to check the fifth box. I don't feel comfortable sharing this information. Today, however, has been a chance for you to receive Jesus. Jesus has opened the door. He has yelled your name loudly saying, come to me. And he's offering his mercy to you today. I hope that you have received it. In a moment, we will be standing together and we will be singing together. You have some choices with this little card that you filled out. You can leave it in the pew. Feel free to leave it in the pew once we leave and I will collect those. If you don't feel comfortable leaving it in the pew, you can put it in the offering boxes that are in the back and we'll get them that way. If you're a believer today or if you came to faith today and you said, you know what? I want to let somebody know right now. I'll be right here at the front. You come to me and we can talk about it. I'll hand you off to someone to confirm your your decision. And we would love to present you to the church today. If somebody says, you know what? Today I follow Jesus and I want to let people know right now that I did so. You have that opportunity. You can also come to me after the service and we can chat. 
Another thing you could do is speak with the person that invited you. Because they know their story, they know God's story, and they can help you uh, in your faith journey. God, we thank you that you are with us. We thank you that you are the Lord. We thank you that you are in control. We thank you that you are sovereign. And all things are from you. We thank you for Jesus who sacrificed every bit who he was for us. Lord, I pray that those who are not in Christ today, that when they entered this room, they didn't know you, and now they do. And when they leave these room, this room, they will be a follower of you, a child of you, having professed you as their Lord and Savior. So God, we honor you today. It's all yours. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening. Please feel free to call the church at 254-939-0705 if you need prayer or if you need to talk with someone. We're here to listen, help, and encourage.